Welcome everybody and thanks for joining with us today. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are always in control of all things. And Lord, as we come to your word today, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. You'd put a word in each of our hearts that's going to encourage, that's going to strengthen, that's going to guide us in the days that are ahead of us. Father, we pray for a word that's not just information, but we pray for transformation. May something shift and change and move in each and every one of our lives today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for those of you who are living in New Zealand, no doubt you were shocked, surprised, amazed to hear that COVID-19 has returned. I'm sure you were disappointed, some were upset, some were angry, some were annoyed. All, all range of emotions went through people's hearts and through our lives. In Auckland, we saw the, um, uh, the panic buying. One uh, supermarket to cut down, shut down real early. Others headed out of town to probably to a holiday spot somewhere. The roads were jammed. So it was a real chaos in many ways as people came to terms with the thing, fact that COVID-19 in New Zealand has returned. Then we heard those words that we didn't want to hear, level three in Auckland, level two outside of Auckland. But hey, we can pray and believe God to change these things very, very quickly and get back to normal. That certainly is my prayer at this stage. But as, as citizens of the kingdom of God, can I just say a few things? We don't live our lives based on what the world and the media says. We base our lives on what God says. So we don't submit to fear because the good book says to Timothy 1.7, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love, power and of a sound mind. We don't submit to uh, panic buying and worry about our finances because Philippians 4.13 says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. We know that shutdown won't beat us because Romans 8.37 says, in all these things, all... COVID-19, shutdown, level three, level two, it doesn't matter. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We live according to a whole different set of guidelines and it's all found in the good book. So make sure during any crisis that you always stay close to this book. It's the anchor of your soul. It will sustain you through thick and thin, through any crisis, any shutdown, any lockdown, it doesn't matter. This book is equal to the challenge as long as you anchor yourself in it and live in it. So we replace fear with faith, panic with peace, and crisis with confidence. So level three and level two is not what we expected. And sometimes life takes us to places we never expected to go. But guess what? God is always in the unexpected. He is always at work and he's always up to something incredibly good. I know with COVID-19 second time round, doesn't matter. God is going to work some amazing things in your life, in my life, even in our churches and our nation. Life, listen to this, is 90, is, sorry, life is 10% what happens to us, 90% how we respond. So the way to handle shutdown, lockdown, level two, level three is how we respond. And if we have a right response to it, 
we can get through anything. It's all about attitude. In fact, attitude determines your altitude, how high you go in God, how far you go in God. So let's get our attitude, our response right. But if you do start to feel like you're drowning, don't worry because your lifeguard walks on water and he's going to come out and he's going to rescue you no matter what is going on. So I want to share some thoughts with you on how to handle any crisis, maybe a lockdown, but you may not be in a lockdown, but whatever it is, I want to share some thoughts that I think will be helpful and will strengthen us. But can I say this, that the day after we heard about the news about the shutdown, uh, we had a staff meeting here at Church Unlimited. And I was surprised at the amazing sense of God's presence that came. And I felt the thought that came to me was God has got this. He's in control. He's in charge. He's not being caught by surprise for half a moment. He knew exactly what was going to happen and he's got it. Our God reigns. Come on, say it to yourself. Our God reigns. Psalm 97 verse 1 says, The Lord reigns. After that, our staff had a time of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, why? We had 100 days with no cases of COVID-19. Something to thank God for. Then we went into worship. Faith began to rise in our hearts. So we went and we sang, raise a hallelujah. Some of the words are, in the presence of my enemies, heaven comes to fight for me. I'm going to sing. In the middle of a storm. Come on, we got to sing. We're not going to go down, we're going to go up. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. So in the midst of your crisis, raise a hallelujah. Sing a song unto the Lord and it's going to help you to get through. In fact, a couple of the staff came up to me uh, the, the day after our prayer meeting. They said, look, some of us went into that room having heard level three in Auckland. Our heads were hung low. But by the end of the prayer meeting, we were filled with faith and hope and we were excited. That's what happens when you focus on God and not on COVID-19. It's what happens when you focus on God and not a Goliath, no matter what that Goliath might be. Because whichever one you focus on gets bigger. So focus on God, He gets bigger than your crisis. If you focus on the crisis, it gets bigger, unfortunately, than God. Not that that is possible, but it can feel like that is what is happening. So keep our focus firmly fixed on God. Here's a quote for you. The struggle you are in today is developing the strength you need for tomorrow. Ooh. Some ways we need some of these crises because they develop strength in us. And I think we all know we're going to need strength in the days that are ahead of us. See, with God, nothing, nothing is ever wasted. God's at work in everything. He's above everything. He's over everything. He's in charge of everything. He's in control. Our God reigns. Don't ever forget it, because that will help you through whatever you face in your life. So when there's a shift in heaven, there comes a sift upon the earth. What does that mean? When heaven is wanting to do something new in our lives, in your life, in our nation, in the church, we all face sifting, changes. So when God wants to shift something over your life, move you to a better place, advance you, progress you, there'll always come some sifting. There'll always come some change that takes place 
in our lives. I want you to consider something. It's just a thought that I've had. COVID-19 is an unprecedented moment in the history of the world. So many nations are in lockdown. Could we go a bit further and say that there is a shift in heaven? And God is creating a sift upon the earth. Is God using COVID-19 to prepare the world, you and me and the church, for what He's about to do upon the earth? Just think about that. Joseph, God used a pit and a prison to get him to the palace for the saving of many. I want to suggest God is using COVID-19, even a second round in New Zealand, to get us ready for some amazing things that He is wanting to do in your life, in your church, and on planet Earth. When there's a shift in heaven, you've got to believe with all the world going into lockdown or much of it, that God's up to something. That there's a shift in the heavenly realm that we can't see. Yeah, we're going through the sift, but it's going to be worth it. Because God's going to be able to do some wonderful things in our lives. So for God to shift heaven over your life and my life, bring us in a greater blessing. We have to embrace change. We have to embrace some shutdown. To move forward, God stretches us like this stretchy thing here. So you're going to have to be, be willing to be stretched, you know, shut down, locked down, COVID-19, you know, self-isolation, your own bubble, all the rest of it, restricted movement. You got it. But you see, if you won't, if you're not flexible, if you won't stretch, you could just break. So let God stretch you. Let Him sift you. Let Him shape you because He's making you a better shape to be the container of what He wants to do in and through your life. So when you face a crisis for a second time, so you got to ask the question here in New Zealand anyway. It's a second time. I reckon there's a, a question we need to ask. And the question is this. What didn't I learn that I needed to the first time round? What did I learn but I haven't followed through on it? I just want to pick up on a couple of areas that I think are very important because we have a second chance to nail some rich habits in our lives. So let's talk about the rich habit of prayer. Did we learn what God wanted us to learn during the first shutdown? Did we grow? We talked a lot about prayer, but did we grow in prayer? Did we increase in prayer? And even if we have we continued with our praying? Well, I want to suggest my feeling is that overall, we made some progress. I saw some more prayer taking place, but I don't think we've made enough progress to really start to see our churches revive, to see our nation, you know, beginning to turn back to God. Billy Graham said this, to get nations back on their feet, we must first get on our knees. We all want our nations to get back on their feet. Yeah. The nations are in turmoil. The nations are, 
you know, it's struggling and we've we got to get, our na- get nations back on their feet. The only way we can do it, the only way the church has ever done it in the history is by getting on its knees. The church has always advanced on its knees. There is no other way we can advance, so we've got to do this. And God wanted us to learn through shutdown to get on our knees. And I sometimes ask this question, what will it take to get me, to get you, to get the church on its knees? What will it take in New Zealand? My goodness, you know, we've had earthquakes. We've had a mosque attack. We've had severe flooding. We've had COVID-19, but it's not been enough to really get us praying. What will it take? I just hope that we'll get get there. Well, maybe a second round of COVID will be enough to get us there. Let's not miss this second opportunity to get on our knees before God. I've said this before, but I felt during the first shutdown that God is putting a demand on every Christian. He wants every Christian to do their part, especially in the whole area of prayer. We can't leave the praying to other people. God needs to hear. He's waiting to hear your voice. We need your faith. We need your, your pray prayers. No one else is going to pray. But when we put all our prayers together, I believe that's when we can see something really begin to shift and move and change in our lives, in our church, and even in our nation. It's time for spectators is over. Can't keep being spectators, folks. We've got to all embrace this. We've got to all get involved. So to see revival, the first thing that has to happen is there's got to be a revival of prayer. A revival of prayer. So I want you to pray this. God, start a prayer revival and start with me. Mm. Start with me. Come on, why don't you say it wherever you are. God, start a prayer revival, start with me. If no one else is going to pray, you will. If no one else is going to seek God, you will. No one else is going to go after revival, you will. If no one else is going to get on their knees, you will. God, start a prayer revival and start with me. I'm not waiting for anyone else. I'm not waiting for everyone else to get excited about prayer. I'm going to get excited. and Maybe that will be the catalyst for others around me to get involved in prayer. Think about this. If you get started in prayer, it is going to rub off to people around you. If you, they see you on your knees, they're going to start getting on their knees. So we can all influence a whole group of other people. And if we, enough of us do it, it's going to spread like wildfire. Before we know it, there will be a revival of prayer. Our nation needs your prayers right now. They need the, prayer, the, the world needs the prayers of the church right now. Let's not fail the world and disappoint God by failing to pray. You know, lockdown came on the very week we at Church Unlimited were going to start our revival prayer meeting. With a bit of a smile, I said to people, I think... The devil shut down the whole nation to stop this revival prayer meeting. Well, that may not be 100% true, but I'll tell you this much. I reckon he's shaken in his boots. I think he is worried about this revival prayer meeting because in time it will be a catalyst to bring revival. So some of us had our own revival prayer meeting anyway because no COVID-19 is going to stop us. COVID-19 cannot stop praying, by the way. You don't have to gather with 50 people to pray, by the way. 
You don't need five people. You can pray on your own and heaven is open. Come on, let's keep the revival prayer meeting going. We're not going to let COVID-19 stop us. We need to keep praying. Prayer is the greatest source of power known to mankind. Some of you may agree with me. We need power like never before. And prayer is the single greatest source of that power. So another area that I want us to consider today, unity in the body of Christ. Round one, we talked a lot about unity, churches coming together, praying, to all that sort of stuff. Did we make the progress God wanted us to make in round one? Well, I want to say that I believe we have made some progress. I know for myself, I've been connected with more leaders and more churches than ever before. Recently, I was, uh, had, went to a trip to Omaru in the South Island of New Zealand. Sunday morning, I had the privilege of preaching in three different churches. It was kind of 25 minutes in each. We went, preached, ran, preached, ran, you know, da, da, da. So I started off in an Assemblies of God church. Then I preached in an Elam church. And then I preached in a Presbyterian church for the very first time in my life. I tell you what amazed me, I preached the same message, but the Holy Spirit shaped the message so it was appropriate and suitable and a blessing to each of these different denominations. I saw how much God loves all the different denominations. And I can say honestly before you, I enjoyed each church equally. There was not one that was more my zone or better than the other one. They were all, because God loves his whole body. He loves every church. So it was fantastic. And uh, one of the, can I just give you a bit of a highlight? In the Presbyterian church, uh, there was, I was preaching one. And there was a moment, I think the Holy Spirit must have put it in my heart. And I said, to the person next to you and tell them that they've got the best hairstyle in the church. I'm telling you, the place erupted. People started calling out to each other. One guy even stood up, pointed to someone who had no hair, some guy with no hair, said, this is the best hairstyle in the place. I had to call the Presbyterian church to order. It, I mean, it was astounding. It was, I mean, I, it was just incredible. God loves the body of Christ. Sunday morning, I was in Christchurch on holiday. So I went to Hope Presbyterian Church. Great service. And I was talking to a pastor afterwards, and he said to me, because he knew I was, he said, what are you doing in Hope Presbyterian? Why aren't you in one of those you know, Pentecostal churches out there? And I just said, well, look, one reason I'm here is I, I, I love the body of Christ. And I'm, I, I love the different denominations. And so I just wanted to be at a different place just to show my appreciation for what your church is doing. So some progress has been made in this situation of uniting together. But I believe God's looking for much more. Yes. That's right. Much more progress of unity in the body of Christ. He's looking progress in prayer and in unity because those are the two things that were in the upper room that led to the awakening, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a great revival. Prayer and unity were the two great keys. And I think God's looking for those to come again. And at Church Unlimited, we are champions for both prayer and unity in the body of Christ. It's a mandate. It's a calling from God. And I love it. I love being able to do what I can to promote prayer in our nation and the nations and also unity in the body of Christ. I believe God is saying the whole body or nobody. 
He's not going to give revival to one church and they can all boast, hey, look, we brought, no, no. He'll give it to the whole body. So we got to change our language uh, from I to we, from me to us. You know, it's not just the individual. Come on, it's a body. We got to unite, join together. It's not just my church unlimited or my denomination. It's our church, our denominations. Together we unite, we combine and we see what God can do. When we get that unity, we're going to see us, ourselves progress a lot further as the church. So we need to learn from the different strengths of denominations. Isn't it amazing? If you start researching them, you're going to find somewhere very strong on discipleship. Somewhere strong on the preaching of the Word. You know, they go through the you know, books of the Bible one by one. You know, others were good on community ministry. Some were great on worship. Others were great on prayer. Some were great on the power of God. Some were great on passion and fire. Let's put it all together. Imagine we could put it all together. Oh my goodness, what could God do in our nation? In the nations of the world, unity in the body of Christ. We had a combined churches meeting in Omaru on Sunday night. And there was standing room only. And it's probably one of the most electric services I have ever been in. Seriously. All I'd have to say is we need some more prayer and we need some more upper rooms. And they would shout and cheer and clap. And it's, I, I had to shout them down. And you know me, I can shout. But they were so energized. They were so excited. In fact, most of the clapping and cheering and shouting came from the, the, from the sound desk. The guy at the back there. So from the back, there was this rush going to the forward. And honestly, I, it, my, the two words I had for that service was holy riot. It was a holy riot. And it was electric. And I mean, the whole time. And there was one point in which I asked the music team for a song. And I said, I just want the chorus part, you know, just the, the bridge part or whatever it was. And they were struggling to put it together. Would you believe? The congregation led the song out. The congregation got going. So what happened in that service was that the, 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 the pews or the crowd put a demand on the platform. They said, we want more. Come on, pastor. Come on, musicians. Give it to us. Oh, my goodness. That's dream well for me. <laughs> if I could live in that. Why did that happen? Tell you two things. One, there's great unity among the churches in Omaru. And two, they're growing in prayer. So the pre-service prayer meeting in Omaru was just amazing. So when God, he's getting those two things together. So we are making progress, but I think there's a lot more progress yet to make, be made in terms of unity in the body of Christ. There's a quote, locusts are normally solitary creatures, like me. But when they come together, they become an unstoppable force that devours everything in its path. I say, come on, body of Christ. Come on, come on. Let's get together. Let's unite and become an unstoppable force that will devour all the enemy, all opposition, and bring revival to our churches and to our nation and turn them to Jesus. Come on, body of Christ. This is our time. This is our opportunity. Unite. Unite. And let's see what God will do. One last thought I have for you. In American sports, there's this principle the clock determines the play. 
So the play you run in the first half of the game may be grey, it may be appropriate, it may be just an average play. But if you're down by 10 points and you've just got two minutes to go, what happens? The desperation, the striving, the energy comes into play. And so you now begin to make different calls. You throw out the playbook. (laughs) It's time to risk. It's time to do a play that maybe you've never tried before. It's time to put your body on the line because you've got to stop the opposition. You've got to try anything you can. You've got two minutes left and there's 10 points to recover. So you do whatever's required to win. So what is the time in the kingdom of God? What time is it? How much further must a nation, our nation, drift away from God for truth to fall in the streets, for ungodly laws to be passed. We desperately need the power of God to capture the next generation and present to them a Christianity that works, that can change their lives, that can set them free, that can give them a future and give them a hope. We're in an urgent moment. This is a state of emergency. The needs are desperate. COVID-19 has added to all of this. This is not a time any longer for safe, normal plays of the past. We can't keep doing church the way we've always done it. But inspired by the Holy Spirit, we must do things differently. It's time to risk. It's time to step out of the boat. It's time to get out of the comfort zone, deny ourselves, take up our cross daily to follow Jesus. It's time to sacrifice. It's time to put your body on the line for the cause of Jesus Christ in our nation. It's time to give it everything you've got. Take a risk, get out of the boat and do something. Let's make a difference, friends, because I believe the clock is ticking faster than we realize. These are urgent times and urgent moments. So through COVID-19, through the second round for us here in New Zealand, this is what I feel the Lord is saying. It's time to get closer to God. In fact, if ever there was a time to get closer to God, to strengthen your faith, it's now. Because there are troublous times ahead, friends. The world is not going to become an easier place to live in. You, You just got to read the book. And it tells you as we draw towards the end and whoever, who knows how long that is, you know, there's going to be difficult, difficult times. And so we need now, this is an opportunity. Use COVID-19, please. Strengthen your faith. Get closer to God. Start to serve Him. Get involved. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. Be someone who makes this happen. Be someone who who advances the church. Do your part. This is our opportunity. This is our time. And God's using COVID-19 to help us to understand this. It's time for a revival in prayer. It's time to unite as a body of Christ like we've never united before. Hmm. Time to walk in urgency. 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 It's urgent, friends. 
Did God have to allow COVID-19 to make us feel urgent? I don't know, but it is an urgent hour. It's time to be sold out for Jesus. End of apathy. Replace it with urgency. Apathy, friends, will get us nowhere. With apathy, the devil's just going to overrun any nation. But with urgency, we can drive him out and bring the reign and the rule of God into the land. Friends, this is our time on the history line of God. This is it. This is it. What will we do? What will you do? What will I do? We have a moment on the earth. We have a breath. We're a whisper. We're a vapor. It's going to be soon gone. Friends, believe me when I say it will be soon gone. You don't have long. It's just a moment. And then it's over. We have to make it count. You have to make your life count. Can I encourage you, urge you, stir you, plead with you? Because we need you. We need every member of the body of Christ to play their part and to do what they can. And as we do this, may you, may the church rise to its finest hour and bring the reign of God into our nations. In Jesus' name, amen.